Sam Irby lives in the real world and writes for the Hollywood world. She's a writer and supervising producer for The Sex and, uh, and the City Reboot and Just Like That for Shrill and for Work in Progress. She's a blogger, humorist and best-selling author of essay collections that find comedy in some of her own struggles with Crohn's disease, arthritis, depression and also other people's relentless positivity. Sam's latest book, Chronicles the strange reality of someone who operates adjacent to the famous but has to deal with getting turned away from a restaurant for wearing ugly clothes with a rogue pandemic dog, a misunderstood passion for Dave Matthews' band and the urgent need to find a clean toilet on a regular basis. The book is called Quietly Hostile Essays and Sam Irby joins me now. Hi. Hi. That was the uh, nicest introduction anyone has ever given me great so i thank you i'm so pleased hey you're sounding loud and clear tell me about your fancy microphone um i got this this microphone i did okay i did an interview with the new yorker awesome and we talked for maybe like an hour and the new yorker is like so fancy it's too fancy for someone who wears pajamas and real clothes, <laughs> such as <laughs> such as myself. So they, in advance, they sent me a microphone because I, I don't know who told them, but obviously they got the memo that I am a, a stupid person who would not have a microphone and would buy the wrong one. <laughs> the New so Yorker sent you a microphone in advance for your interview. That is classy, yes. man. I Okay, can we talk about that? Because it is so classy. Yeah. But then you're like, is that why the magazine costs twelve dollars <laughs> one issue because they're busy sending morons like me microphones now you have interpreted that as an insult quite quite a nice gesture of like here have this new microphone and you said what because because i'm too stupid to buy my own microphone is that it <laughs> well can, can i be like uh can it be like a an insult, but also provide relief <laughs> because it's an insult that's not insulting. Right. Can we make that a new thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> an insult with your best interests at heart. <laughs> yes, an insult that reveals that they know me, <laughs> they know the core of my being, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they were they were ready for me. They were like, "Oh no, give us your address. We'll send you a mic." Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I've seen you nothing um do you have any relationship with new zealand up to this point sam or do i have to carry the weight of the nation on my shoulders i mean unfortunately for you <laughs> you have to carry the weight of the nation on your shoulders okay, okay. and i'm going to base my opinion <laughs> of new yeah. Zealand yeah cool i'm up on you and this conversation so it's <laughs> a lot of pressure for you Quietly Hostile is the name of the book. Is that a way that you feel on a regular basis? Yes, I am um, a coward and a big baby. <laughs> so I would never like shout in public. You, I would never have a loud conversation in public, let alone like shout or yell at someone or tell mm. anyone what to do. But I do see everything wrong and bad and it like sets my <laughs> blood on fire yeah. 
but then I do nothing with that. Well, I guess I channel it in the work, but mostly I just like sit in the car, like, can you believe he cut me off and, you know, and yeah. do nothing with it. Yeah. Uh, and you do a beautiful job in the work, by the way, and I'm sure that is a, a venting Thank process. You. I feel like you also need your own show, like your own kind of curb your enthusiasm, um, where you actually get to play out what you would really love to do in those situations. If I could make that happen, if Hollywood wanted to make any of my um, zany shows that I've pitched to various executives, mm -hmm. that would be one of them. The like, can you believe, I love Curb, I love Larry David, and I feel like sort of like a kindred spirit, yeah. <laughs> like a kinship with him, uh, because like life is infuriating if you want things to be, I was going to say if you want things to be right, but I'm not even a perfectionist, mm -hmm. I just... You know, if everybody is lined up on the left and we're all shuffling into wherever we're going, it bothers me that there's a person like <laughs> on the right thinking they can jump in. Yeah. That's a bad example, but you know what I'm no, saying? No, no, like... I, I, I was, that's a perfect example. I was thinking about this, this, this uh, on-ramp that I take to the motorway in Auckland and you have to be in the left-hand lane to get onto the on-ramp and some people will drive in the right-hand lane right up until the last minute and then sneak into the left-hand lane onto the motorway. Nothing makes me angrier than that. It's, I mean, uh, don't you wish we could just like, there was like a how am I driving sticker <laughs> on <every> yeah. car. <laughs> just so you could be like, why did you do that? You you messed up my whole day. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. it's it's impossible being a person. <laughs> <laughs> you you are honest, uh, often honest about the stuff that you like when people mm -hmm. screw their face up when you say Hey, I'm going to go buy something at the strip mall. And like, You're going to the strip mall? That's a that's a quiet form of rebellion for you. You say, "Yeah, yeah, I am going. I like yeah. the strip mall." Yes, I am. Uh, well, recently, I think uh, I have made myself into the defender of all things lowbrow. That's not even. <laughs> that's not even it. I, I am. It just makes okay work with me here yeah. this is uh an ungestated idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it might be stupid but i think like there there has been a shift culturally where it's not just hey what should i watch oh this was good i liked it and then that's the end it's like <laughs> you're trying to pass a test now <laughs> but you don't know the rules you don't know the right answer <laughs> so you're just kind of stabbing in the dark hoping that you name a thing that the person you're talking to <laughs> won't roast you for <laughs> And I can't live like that anymore. I can't do it. I cannot watch all of the zeitgeisty shows yeah, yeah, yeah. and have opinions on them and uh, and abandon my, like, survivor, right? So I'm just, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch what I watch. And if someone tries to take me to task, I'm just going to say I like it. Yeah. And it works. It works. People will shut up. 
when they're like expecting, you know, some sort of like groveling explanation from you and you just say, ah, oh, I like that. You're wrong. That's a good show. So it, would, it, would, would it be presumptive of me to guess that in the great Barbie Oppenheimer face off that you'll be going to Barbie? Uh, not first. I got to see. I am a Christopher Nolan person. Uh, yeah. Okay. First of all, uh, I want you, when you hear me say that, to understand that I don't know what any of his movies are about. <laughs> I mean, except Batman, I can follow those plots. Yeah. I have seen, what's the dream one? Inception. Inception and then Tenet, right? Yo, my God, I've seen both of those 37 times. <laughs> I couldn't begin to tell you what but I'm sure loads of people are the same, and but you are just unembarrassed, yes. or perhaps you're embarrassed, but you do it anyway to to say, "Hey, I don't get it." <laughs> okay, well, but see, here's the thing. Here's what I found. I don't even know that it's like bravery or honesty, but it's just like if I was like, "Oh my God, Inception is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen," and you said. What was your favorite part? <laughs> or what did you think about the thing that happened two hours in? Or what did you think about the ending? Like with that spinning? T- I would I would have to throw my computer out the window. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just easier to tell you that I don't understand them. But I'm going to see Oppenheimer first, I think. And then because I'm feeling like I'll be lost and not understand it. And then I'll see Barbie, which if I don't understand Barbie, put me in a home. But Barbie will be the, the, the lime wedge after the tequila shot that is Oppenheimer. <laughs> yes. Which one are you going to see first? Um, you know, or are you going to see neither? Four kids, Sam. Just mo- the idea of going How to movies. How many kids? Four. The idea of going to movies for fun is just not kind of on my radar at the moment. So, <laughs> How old yeah. are they? Uh, they begin at four and they end at 12. Oh. So we're right in the thick of it at the moment. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. So, the other thing yeah, I should tell you about. I, the other you're thing not going to have plans for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I should tell you about myself is I'm, I think I'm quite a, a positive person. And you have said the dishonesty <laughs> behind positivity grates on my nerves. Can you give us an example of that? And don't worry about hurting my feelings. <laughs> okay. Well, I would never intentionally hurt your feelings. I think that sometimes some people, when they are so busy telling you how great everything is (laughs) for them and like how you know people who use phrases like i get up and i attack the day Um, (laughs) okay that's not me (laughs) i cannot relate but i think it it makes okay if you're really positive it makes it tricky for me to tell you anything because i don't want to get like positive to death like sometimes i just want to be like hey here's the thing that happened let's grumble about it until i feel better (laughs) you don't want me you don't want to hear me say 
oh, well, you know, tomorrow's another day and maybe it's not as bad as you think. And maybe that person was having a bad day. That's why they did that. You just want me to, well, forgive my language listeners, but but bitch along with you. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're right. That's bad. Let's pout about it. But I think, too, that the kind of like interpersonal positivity is fine. Like, I'd love to be patted on the head as much as the next person. (laughs) But the like the social media positivity, the everything is great. And I never post about my challenges and yes i'm on vacation and i know you're wondering how i paid for it but i'm never gonna tell you it's like (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) where you have to measure up against someone else's like i don't want to say misleading but let's say misleading yeah for sure for sure (laughs) internet post i'm talking to sam irby uh she's a writer and supervising producer for the sex in the sea reboot and just like that uh on shrill and a work in progress and her book is called quietly hostile essays uh and sam you've done it tough over the course of your life pretty tough childhood poverty and an absent dad and an unwell mother and you write about that stuff in the book is there a sense in which this is kind of um, the price of admission to the writer's world? You either ro- enroll in a prestigious writing program or you have life experiences that help you bring something real to the <laughs> script. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have many experiences and zero degrees, <laughs> um, which some people will say is evident when you read my work. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Like the college and um, a support system <laughs> were uh, not in the cards for me. Yeah. Both my parents died when I was 18, not together. Um, and it was just like, oh, well, you can get a job and figure it mm. out. So I did that. Uh, I never had... I mean, I was not raised by people who were like, oh, yeah, you could be a writer as a job. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? My dad, like, drove a bus. He's <laughs> tell me that uh, making up stories is a good way to, or as, like, a good goal to have. So I just worked and worked and worked hourly jobs. I worked at a bakery. I worked at an animal hospital for forever and just kind of wrote on the side, like, aimlessly, And then in around 2008, uh, this dude that I wanted to have sex with uh, (laughs) said he liked women who were writers. And I was like, oh, I'm a writer, but I didn't have anything to show for it. Oh, my gosh. How many careers have been launched by, (laughs) by a conversation like that? Let me tell you, if I'm... I should give him credit, but he was he wasn't great to me, so yeah. I won't. But <laughs> but yes, without that, I wouldn't have. I started a blog on MySpace, like just to impress this yeah. idiot, and it worked. And so then I, when we stopped seeing each other, I stopped writing, and my friends were like, "Uh, you should do that, but for real." And that's. That's how it started. No, no MFA, only a blog spot. Yeah. So I guess like thanks to Google, um, I was able to 
that's I was, start the building blocks of this career. I love I love hearing about the process of writing. There's a guy George Saunders who who writes about writing quite a bit, and, oh, and one of the things he I says, yeah, me too. One of the things he says is that he often, uh, when people apply for his MFAs, his you know his writing courses, he says, no, you've got to go out and live some life like you can't just yes. do school then college and then on to a writing program like you've got to have something to write about yeah you have to have some bad things or some confusing <laughs> things yeah right or some tricky <laughs> like nothing provides good writing fodder like a uh, better than a tricky situation yeah. however you define that um i I guess I never really thought about needing life experience, but yeah, I mean, especially if you're writing, you know, about yourself, I, it's like, I have stepkids who are 17 and 15 and it feels like if they told me they were going to write, <laughs> you know, I would write about myself. I'd be like, who about what? You <laughs> <laughs> what what would you say? So yeah, it's much better. Uh, I much prefer, I shouldn't say it's better. I much prefer to read things by people who have been kicked around a little yeah. by the universe. Um, your first writing job for TV was the Hulu show Shrill. It was based on Lindy West's book. Um, and you wrote a famous episode. What were you writing about when you wrote about the Chunky Dunk? <laughs> It, um, so we wanted to, so the, the show is based kind of on Lindy's life, but you know, we had to change it a little bit and we only had, I can't remember eight episodes the first season. Yeah, I think it's eight. And so we want, the book is about Lindy's transformation from kind of a meek flower into uh, someone who's loud and fights back and so we wanted to have an event that would be like the catalyst for her character to to sort of like emerge emerge as this new more confident or the beginnings of this new more confident self and so we were in the writing the writing room and lindy and i were talking And I was just like, she, because we were talking about like, you know, how did you as a young fat person, like, how did you, how did you cope? Or how how did you make friends? What, what did you do? What resources were there for you? And so we kind of made a list of, you know, there have always been like fat girl dance parties and clothing swaps and things like that. And Lindy was like, I have been to so many Chunky Dunks, we should put one in the show. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. So I couldn't believe they they let us do it. Um, I also couldn't believe I went to set for the shooting of my episode. And it was so clear that they had spent so much money and they had gotten so many extras and they were like custom making bathing suits for them and there's hair and makeup. Like it just, it felt like a huge production and the whole thing is so special to me. I I had no idea how it was going to turn out Mm. and 
it's incredible. That's awesome. So you've written yeah. blogs and books, and, and you've you're written for a new series like Shrill, but then to go and write for a show like the Sex and the City reboot, is that a completely different experience to come into a show that already has such a loyal following and find your spot? Yes. Well, it wasn't hard to find my spot, but I was so intimidated going in because I am a Sex in the City fan. I'm yeah. not a freak, but I did love the show so much. And I I really thought in the beginning, or like when they they first came to my agent about hiring me, I was like, what do they want me to do? Like sweep? You know, I I could not imagine <laughs> that they wanted me to write for the show. And it the thing that was the biggest and nicest surprise, I fully expected to go into the writing room and just be like punching up jokes or throwing out, you know, ideas that were bad and no one listened to. I did not think they would let me like actually get my hands dirty <laughs> in this iconic show, right? These characters are 25 years old. They are beloved. I did not anticipate being asked to write an episode. Mm. So it was incredible. Everyone, everyone who had been there before. So Michael Patrick King, Julie Rottenberg, and Elisa Zaritsky, they were so welcoming. They, I mean, so many of my dumbest ideas ended up in the show, which feels like a miracle <laughs> uh, that they were like, oh, sure. You want Miranda to fight Chucky in the subway? Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, so it was like a play. It, it's, it still is daunting. And I've worked on the show for two seasons, mm. um, but it was it was incredible and not what I expected. I really did not expect to like talk or be involved. I did not think they would want that from me. And they did. And it was, I mean, it has been incredible. Fingers crossed we get another season so I can keep terrorizing <laughs> the, those poor women. The public. <laughs> um. Can I play you a Dave Matthews song to finish? <laughs> Please. Okay, what would you like? Okay, my favorite one today, because they change, is Grey Street. Okay. And um, that wasn't so hard to say, was it? What's the big embarrassment about being a Dave Matthews fan? Uh, clearly you have never said, admitted that to a hipster in a cool bar. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Sam Irby, the book is called Quietly Hostile Essays. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. You too. Thank you for having me. This was so great. And just for you, here's Grey Street by Dave Matthews. She says nothing of what she thinks She just goes stumbling through her memories Staring out 
Please. 